Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome to this online service. We've just started this new topic of uh, concerning the greatest and the most important commandments as taught by Jesus. And uh, when we obey, fulfill these commandments, we obey all the laws and the prophets as written in the scripture. That's how powerful these two commandments is. And we've got to remember that. Okay, the first is we are to love God with all our heart, with our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And the second is like it, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So these two commandments, they are interlinked. If we love God, we will love our neighbor. If we do not love our neighbor, we are not loving God, regardless of what, what we think and how spiritual we pretend to be. And uh, last week we learned from the Old Testament, it defines our neighbor as a fellow Israelites. And uh, that's because the Old Testament, when they came out of the Promised Land, they are to build that holy nation. And so, uh, it's just confined to the Israelite. But today we are going to look into how Jesus looked at who is our neighbor. And remember the Old Testament, the, the holy nation, the nation of Israel, is to be a blessing to the nations. That's talking about the kingdom. And Jesus looked at things from that kingdom perspective. And... Uh, we want to look at our main passage from the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 25 onwards. Luke 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And uh, so we see that these teachers of the law, he come not to learn from Jesus, he come to test Jesus because he thought he's an expert. He knows everything. And in fact, he's good. He knows, he knows the law, he knows the scripture. But that's the kind of attitude he came. And, uh, and he wanted to know, what must I do to enter, uh, to, to inherit eternal life? And uh, so when Jesus said, what do you think? He answered, verse 27, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So you see, the, the, the teacher of the Lord does know his scripture. He does know what is important to inherit eternal life. That is to obey this great and most important commandment to love God and to love man, love our neighbor as ourselves. And Jesus, uh, this, this man, one knows the answer, he has the correct answer, but he doesn't do it. 
And he wants to justify himself. So he, in verse 29, he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Because from the Old Testament, from the Lord, he knows the neighbor is a fellow Jewish citizen. But Jesus looked at things from a kingdom perspective. And later on, we want to discover what Jesus explained about our neighbor. Uh, I want you to just compare this verse in Luke 18, verse 18. Luke 18, verse 18. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You see the same question as the teachers of the law? Now this is a, a, a certain ruler, young ruler, come and ask Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and said, How uh, no, so he uh, Jesus told him, you're going to obey the commands. And this young man said, you are, I have obeyed. Okay, finally, he, he didn't want to obey fully what Jesus told him. And verse 24, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. To inherit eternal life, Jesus looked at it as entering into the kingdom of God. The teacher of the Lord tell Jesus to inherit the kingdom of God or to enter into eternal life is to obey that two great and most important commandments, love God, love man. Indeed, it is, verse 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So can you see, Jesus is looking at things from the kingdom perspective, kingdom of God. And so, uh, we want to see how Jesus answered these teachers of the law with a kingdom mindset, kingdom perspective. So Jesus begins to tell the great story that we all know about the Good Samaritan. So let's, let's read that story right now. In Luke, going back to Luke 10, verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of all his clothes, uh, uh, of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to go, uh, to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Looking for him, he said, And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go 
and do likewise. So, when they come to Jesus to ask Jesus how they can inherit eternal life, how they can enter and, and, and inherit the kingdom of God, the answer is to obey these two commands, commandments. Jesus didn't turn around and tell them, yeah, you answered correctly, but I know you can't do it no matter how hard you try. But I came. I came to give you give grace. So you, you don't have to obey them, you know. Don't have to obey the law. You just, you just believe in me. Then you'll be okay. You will, you will enter into, into eternal life. No, Jesus didn't say that. In every occasion, Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and obey the commandments. But unfortunately, churches today, we teach them, you just believe in Jesus, then you'll be okay. But Jesus taught New Testament teaching from the very mouth of Jesus. This is, he, he told them, you, you go and do likewise. Go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go. So who is our neighbor? These teachers of the law want to justify himself. Our neighbor you see, Jesus want to highlight to, to, to this teacher of the law who is very Jewish in his thinking, to break his mindset, to, to cause him to think that his neighbor is no longer just a fellow Jews. His neighbor includes those people he doesn't like, those people he despises. Those people, you think that they're unclean and want nothing to do with them. His neighbor includes anybody, Samaritans, Gentiles, people of different culture, different religious beliefs, different races. His neighbor is someone that he never know, never met. But when he saw the needs of someone there, he got to offer himself to help, to minister to the needy person. That person is your neighbor. So Jesus is breaking the mindset of this Jewish teacher of the law. And today, because we, we know the kingdom of God has come. We are talking about the kingdom of God. Not just one holy nation, but to bless the nations of the world. And we read from scripture, Jesus is thinking about kingdom. It's a whole world. Anyone who, whom we may not have met until this time, who have needs, genuine needs, not those who come and want to deceive us and cheat us, you know, but people with needs. And we make them our neighbor. We go to them. They, don't, they cannot come to us. The man is half dead. He's just lying there. But we see. We saw the problem. We saw the needs. We got to go to him. 
and minister to him. And you see, Jesus being the master teacher, he chose the different character to talk, to speak to this teacher of the law. He chose a priest who is highly respected, very spiritual, supposed to be really loving God. Who knows the answer? What he must do to inherit eternal life. But who doesn't do it? So the priest came along, saw. He walked the other way as if he never seen. You see, when we see this kind of scenario, there'll be mind, there will be thoughts in our mind. Shall we? Shall we not? Shall we help this person? Shall we not? I'm sure in the mind of the priest and say, you know, well, I'm busy. I'm going on my way, maybe to the temple to offer sacrifice. I cannot touch this person. If he's dead, then I, can, I, I become defiled. Then I cannot sacrifice. So, you know, I mustn't do that. Leave it to other people. And so he walks away. And sometimes when we are in that kind of situation, there's, there's that struggle. And there will be a lot of reason. We will have a lot of reason to justify ourselves for not doing it, just like this teacher of the law, wanting to justify himself. But remember, these two commandments are the greatest, are the most important. When you do it, you fulfill all the law. These are priority. These are what you should do. It's better than any other thing you do. But this priest walked away. And then came a Levite who did the same thing. Saw, but did not see. And move on. I'm sure again, he'll be struggling in his thoughts. And then he said, you know, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm on my way to do things. If I go and help this person, well, I'll be late. I wasn't prepared for this. Right? You know, how, how am I going to help the person now? You know, I, I, I didn't have the resources. I wasn't prepared. I didn't know. If only I knew, then I would be prepared. I would know how to help this person. But now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm not prepared. I don't have the resources. I, I cannot help. Let other people do it. So he walked away. And then came a Samaritan who obviously know this, is, this suffering man is a Jew. Because he came out from Jerusalem wanting to go to Jericho. And everything about him would tell him that this is a Jew. But the Jews have been ill-treating the Samaritan. Looking down on them, despise them, rejecting them, has nothing to do with them, thinking that they're unclean and like dogs. Even Jesus used that phrase, right? to describe 
a non-Jewish person. So he knows the sort of things that they, they, they have been experiencing with the, with the Jews. And maybe initially he said, ah, this is a Jew. None of my business. Let the Jewish people help their own people. I'm a Samaritan. Some more, if I go and help, well, he's a Jew. Maybe he don't like it. You know, there's always people who have those silly excuses, you know. Well, I don't want to say, you know, I don't know whether the person likes it or not. What we say could save the person. What we say could help the person, but we don't want to say anything. Because we think, you know, maybe they don't like it, so I keep quiet. These are the people who behave like the Levites, like the priests. Excuses. But the Samaritan, with all those negative thoughts against the Jews going in his mind, and he looked at that man, saw that bleeding, the blood flowing from the body, from his face, beaten up by robbers. And somehow he had compassion on him. He took pity on that man. That man is almost dying. Without help, he'll probably be dead. So this, this uh, Samaritan took pity on him and he went to him and bandaged his wound, poured on oil and wine. So in order for us to be a neighbor to someone that we do not know, someone we come across, someone that we has not planned to help, but just appear. We got to break through a lot of barriers. Racial, prejudice, cultural differences. Religious differences. Remember the Samaritan woman told Jesus, we worship on this mountain, you worship over there. This is what our ancestors say, this is what you Jews do. So there are religious differences, there are so, so many differences. If we don't cross that barrier, if we don't break that barrier in our mind and heart, we will not help. We will not be a neighbor to someone who, who is in need. And we got to take the initiative to make ourselves a neighbor to that person. Remember, he took pity on him. He went to him. The man could not come to him to ask for help. He went to him. We got to take the initiative when we want to love our neighbor. And not just sit there and wait for people to come and ask for help. No, we got to see what's the needs. Just like the stateless kids that we're helping. They didn't come to us. But we go to them. We saw the needs. We took pity on them. Somebody has to help them. To give them an education. 
to stop the cycle of poverty from, from keeping them in bondage. You know, we could look at them and despise them and judge them and whatever, which a lot of times we do. But like this man, this Jewish man who was beaten by a robber, he didn't ask to be beaten by a robber. These people who are so helpless, these stateless people, many of them, they never asked to be born in this country. They were just born in this country. In poverty, if they have a choice, they would not be in this kind of situation. It's not their fault that they go through this kind of Depravity, suffering. So the Samaritans saw this man, saw the needs, and he took pity on him. And so we got to see people, suffering people, as victims of a satanic system, a victim of Satan. Because the Bible says the robber, which is the, the devil, come and steal, kill, and destroy. This is exactly what this man, Jewish man, experienced. The robber came and steal, rob him, kill, and destroy. One beat him, almost dead. And these are the people we need to help. So it may be something that is physical, it could be a spiritual thing. It could be emotional, whatever it is. The enemy has steal, kill, and destroy this person. And we got to go in. We got to take initiative to go and to offer our ministry, our help to the person. So in order to do that, you've got to break barriers. Barriers in your mind. Prejudice in your mind. Whatever barriers that is. To know that there's nothing greater than these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And when this Samaritan went to help this man, as I say, it wasn't planned. He wasn't prepared. A lot of people give the excuses, oh, I wasn't prepared. I don't have the resources. You know, they don't do anything. This Samaritan, he also doesn't have enough resources. He wasn't prepared for it. But he started, he acted upon it. So he take care of the wounds of this man, dress it up, put it on donkey and took him to an inn. So his action, through his action, he showed mercy. Mercy to this man. You know, so God wants us to be merciful to those who are in need, those who are suffering. 
And uh, in Matthew 9, verse 11, it tells us the Pharisees saw Jesus eating and drinking with the tax collector and sinners, and they came to the disciples of Jesus. They asked, you know, why your master do this thing? They are sinners. They are, they are Pharisee, bad people. Uh, they, are, they are tax collector, bad people, who bully people. Jesus answered, when Jesus heard in verse 12, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus wants us to be merciful, to bring healing, restoration to those who are suffering, to those who are beaten up. And uh, when you do that, oftentimes you're misunderstood. I know when we started grace training, even church members, wow, they criticize. Why you treat? Why you uh, help these people? And, and some attack me from behind, criticize. Treat these people. These people are illegal. These people should go back to their country. Blah blah blah. You know. So, but God wants us to show mercy. As I say, nobody chooses to be in that kind of situation. Some could be driven here due to poverty in, in, in their land and they got no choice and you will talk to many of them sometimes when they came here they are none the better off because of the treatment they, they get but just for survival they survive so these people are looking God wants us to, to bring healing and restoration to those who are in need. So we offer ourselves to be a neighbor to those who are in need. We go to them. We see the needs. We go to them. Even though we do not know them, we will never get any return from these people. And it is not an act alone, but they need aftercare. So when this person the wound was dressed. The Samaritan took him, put it on his donkey and took him to an inn because this man needs aftercare. Not just an act, but a follow-up action and, and to make sure the person fully, well, eventually recover. He needs to bind out the wounds. So it may take a long time to help the person, it may take a process of actions to provide aftercare so that the person can, can recover. So we, we need a team. We need to solicit other people to help in order to love our neighbors. Sometimes we cannot do it by, all by ourselves. So this Samaritan told the innkeeper, you take care of this man. When I come back, I will pay you, well, this is what I can give at this moment, but when I come back, I will pay you back what, what are the extra expenses to take care of this man. 
So sometimes we, we, we cannot do it by ourselves. We need to have a team. We need to others to help. And that's exactly what we do for Grace Training Center. We started, we helped, and we hope others will join in to provide help to those needy uh, children. And so this is what Jesus taught us concerning who is our neighbor. Our neighbor is anyone that we come across. Whatever their religion, whatever their race, whatever their culture, whatever the differences they are to us. When they have needs, God wants us to offer that help, to minister to the person, to bring wholeness to the person, to bring healing to the person, to restore the person, and destroy the work of the devil in their lives. So tonight, I hope this teaching will help us to break our mindset, break the barriers that and the prejudices that we may have inside our heart. Because we need to obey these two commandments. When we love God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind and strength, we will love people. We will love them as ourselves. And it's not sitting back. It's not waiting. It's not saying nobody asked me to help. No. You open your eyes in your daily life and you see needs. We need to go. We need to offer our helps so that we'll bring blessing and healing and wholeness to people. So I hope we will rise up as a church to show more concern as individual, as church, to more concern for the community, for the people around, for the needs around. And be a solution. Be an answer. Be a blessing to them. This is loving our neighbor. Loving our neighborhood. Blessing this town. And this is the greatest commandment and the most important commandments that, G- that we are to do. And when we obey them, we obey all the laws and all the prophets. Amen. May the Lord bless us. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for speaking to us concerning this great and most important commandment and that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, and you put us in this community, you put us in this place. All those we see, all those we meet uh, are our neighbor and we got to go to them and offer help. And Father, we pray that you will give us that heart of compassion so that when we see, we will take pity, we will be moved to action to do what you command us to do. Bless your people, I pray. Bless us, we pray. When we do it, multiply your blessing into our life. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We can be dismissed.